chair's creaking a little bit so maybe maybe every once in a while there'll be a nice little uh nice little sound is that your way of covering up for farting my yeah my massive farts i'm about to lay down (laughs) blame it on the chair yeah wow did you yeah anyway we could talk about farts forever i'm sure we could talk about old farts as well like indiana jones (laughs) wow you are you are right that man became an old fart and uh Although he looked, he looked pretty decent in in general, or when they de-aged his face by forty years. Uh, you know, I actually mean in general as an old yeah. man. I thought he looked uh, old. Ford didn't look too bad. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, he's still kicking, kicking pretty yeah. good. Yeah, still definitely an old fart though. How'd you like when they de-aged his face and made um, him look like young Indy? Yeah, I. <laughs> I struggle with that in any movie, unless it's like very slight, like by five or ten years. Yeah. Um, but any movie where they do like multiple decades, yeah. The the de aging technology is certainly amazing, but it it just doesn't quite capture the shadows, the intricate like thousands of shadows a face makes, um, <laughs> and it unnerves me and it makes me a little disgusting. And honestly, yeah, this might sound strange. It it almost gives me motion sickness. <laughs> just just the face in general like when it's just zoomed in on the face yeah i i have yeah. to imagine that there's something evolutionary about that because we we <laughs> you know as a species we evolved to be able to identify faces so clearly right um to then have one in front of you that's that's masquerading as real but is fake it it does something to my like what's that what's that system the system that keeps you balanced, <laughs> that inner ear system, it screws with me. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be curious yeah, if they showed a uh, a real person's face and a de-aged face on a screen to like a child or an yeah. infant if the child like became frightened and unnerved at the de-aged face. <laughs> like if there's something just kind of biological, like you're saying about recognizing yeah. a face and something being slightly off. Yeah. That would be something that one of these, you know, these fantastic institutes that work in developmental psychology, they should really try one of those. They should. They should. But I I did, (laughs) I did notice in this movie that, um, which by the way, listener, welcome. Uh, we're talking about. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. It's, it's been a bit, but we've been Mm -hmm. waiting for this one. We've been waiting for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, but I, I noticed that like his face looked very young, but when, he was running like in the beginning on the train i could tell it was an old guy running so there was like there was like a there was a gap between the face and like how this guy was moving (laughs) yeah he's kind of hobbling along a little bit but he had this like indiana jones in the temple of doom era face yeah and his voice his voice was an old man's voice yes an old man's voice is kind of like croaky yeah and uh you know because because as we know i mean leia from whatever star wars that was you know i always loved you han you know (laughs) old people's voices change something happens they they don't necessarily lose their teeth but a lot of times all old people Nothing like starting a sentence that generalizes everyone in a category. Um, <laughs> well, I, it might just, be accurate, though. Like, yeah, it might be. Every like, once in a while, it could be an exception. but Yeah. I, I feel like inevitably everyone reaches an age where it sounds like they're speaking with dentures, whether they have them or not. And uh-huh. Carrie Fisher reached that point. Um, Martin Sheen has been at that point for a while. Uh, Irish people tend to get it early, like in their mid fifties. And uh, <laughs> that's my observation. So Sean, you and I are fucked. Oh man. <laughs> I'm just going to start talking like that. Like Brendan Gleeson. 
<laughs> exactly. Colin Farrell only has a few more years. Yeah, I can see it hitting Colin Farrell a little earlier. Yeah, and he looks so young. It'd be that would be unnerving too. <laughs> this like very handsome, spry-looking man speaking like an old guy. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have to de-age his face, but there would still be the sense that his face has been de-aged. Yeah, It'd yeah. Still be unnerving the contrast between the <laughs> the denture-clad voice and the young face. You're right. You're right. You know, I, I know what you're talking about, though, with the old man, because if you've ever seen The Irishman. So. <laughs> I have. I was just thinking about it. Do you know what scene I'm thinking of? When, when they when they de-age De Niro and he fights that guy? Yes. Yeah. That's yep. that's where where was someone to say, oh, man, this does. I mean, like he, he's like yeah. hardly standing. He's like yeah. oh, giving the guy like a little tap on the rib. <laughs> And I'm like, that wouldn't kick anyone's ass. Like, you're yeah. supposed to shit, you know. Yeah, so, you think uh, Scorsese would have caught that. I think it would, maybe because it was like a three and a half hour movie, he just kind of missed that little bit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like a it's like a fully de-aged Robert De Niro who's fighting some guy that was mean to his daughter, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, the, and there's like the, the fact that the guy who's about to get beat up is like overacting how scared he is. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like screaming and like falling on the ground. Just like, no, no. <laughs> like Robert De Niro is like kicking him the way like an old guy might kick a dog if he's mad at it. Like it, it is very light and very, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. And I think he actually misses him. Like, you can tell he's not actually hitting this guy. And then the guy just screams horrifically. Yeah. You've you've beat me up so bad. <laughs> you're Ow! so strong and young. <laughs> I won't do it again, I swear. Yeah, so uh. the de-aging technology, awesome, cool. But, you know, I, I will say I'm happy that this movie didn't rely too much on it. I thought... Yeah. I, I thought this movie was going to stick around in like that indie, that era of indie. Yeah. So that was good. They were just me. like just a couple flashbacks, really, or time yeah. travels or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I will say, Sean, that, you know, listener, if you haven't seen it, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they probably haven't. Apparently, not many people are seeing it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, to be honest, the people who would be pumped up about this movie are, we are probably on, like, the young end, yeah. you know. You know, I I feel like I had that realization when I saw it, because, um, yeah, when we saw it, it was, it was pretty crowded, like, probably two-thirds full, and after mm-hmm. the movie, I looked around, and most people were about Harrison Ford's age. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. the the... Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out 15 years ago. Wow. So that means even 25-year-olds would have been 10 when that came out. And, like, that would have meant nothing to them. It would it, it was a movie meant for their parents. And so, yeah. cool, awesome, old franchise, great score, neat. Harrison Ford was awesome. And I love whips. But, I mean, let's it has run its course. Yeah. You feel that? Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, you know, I think the plan was to have Shia LaBeouf take over, and he <laughs> hated working with Steven Spielberg, as you told me. Right, right. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, yeah. Might might be a dead one. Yeah. Now, I, I'm curious. You were kind of hinting uh, through text about your experience seeing this movie, and I think you indicated it was a very unique movie-going experience for you. And uh, I'm, I'm curious if you'd be willing to share some about your about what happened. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was I, it took a lot of uh, willpower for me, Sean, not to tell you uh, about my movie going <laughs> experience. Um, real quick thing. Um, I thought I was going to be the only person in the theater. I was the only person when I bought the ticket. I had to choose a seat and all the seats were open. And by still within. Two minutes of the preview starting, I was the only person in the theater. Then a couple came in, and then some young guys came in like during the trailer. So I was kind of pissed, but I was like, whatever. Um, it was a 940 showing, which in my life these days is 
getting close to the late end that I stay up. I'm uh, I'm not very much a night owl. Yeah, know? that's very late. <laughs> yeah, two and a half hour and, movie too. Oh my god! When I saw that, I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why can't this be a two hour movie? Why mm-hmm. does it have to be a two and a half hour movie? That means by the time trailers are done, like I'm getting home at like one, and uh, <laughs> so whatever. I was like, "But I got to do it. It's indie. Have to do it." And um, so I went to the theater and, you know, it's, it's a long circuitous plot and maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. Um, <laughs> it felt very much like that middle Star Wars to me because there's always like we got to go to an exotic semi-desert place where there's like a bar and shady shit. Like it felt so much like that middle Star Wars and that middle Jurassic World, you know, uh. where there's like, ah, oh, we got to go to. Tangier, we have to go to Morocco because there's this bar where all these, this crazy eclectic mix of people who would never be in the same room together are all dealing in antiquities and blah, blah, blah. And it was during the trip to Tangier when he was on the plane that I, you're going to see instantly where this is going. I started to get kind of (laughs) tired. And I was like, do I just leave? I was like, I am, I am so tired. My eyes are starting to shut. I'm starting to fall asleep. Should I, should I just leave? And I was like, I, I might have to just leave. I can't believe it, but I might just have to leave. And then it dawned on me. I was like, I don't have to leave. <laughs> I can just sleep. Yeah. I'm in a fully reclined chair. I'm comfortable. <laughs> At worst that happens is after the credits, some person coming in to clean up popcorn wakes me up. Mm-hmm. So I just fell asleep for an hour. <laughs> I missed the entire middle hour of the movie. And I all I know is I would wake up occasionally because I was like, huh? And they'd be like underwater. And then I'd be like, oh. like, And then I'd be like, huh? And they'd be in the air. And then I'd like fall back asleep again. And then I was like, huh? And then a plane was flying toward a wormhole in the sky. And I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Indy, it's just like. That's not Nazis. That's the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> and the odd thing was... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the odd thing was... Right when, right when that realization happened... I was, I was not confused at all. I'd be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get what happened. Wait, when, when that realization happened or until that one? No, when that realization happened, I was like, even though I've been asleep for the past hour, I feel like I've missed nothing. I just fast forwarded <laughs> to like the, the twist of the movie and I, I don't even feel like I'm confused on how we got here. <laughs> like, like not because I understand it all of it, but because it was like, it just doesn't make sense to begin with, I guess, maybe. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. it, well, it was, what's your, it was what's your, great. What was your uh, theory that kind of your mind immediately constructed of how they got there? Back to a Roman <laughs> era. <laughs> I I think it was just that th- I, I caught the, the moment right before that when Indy was like, Archimedes never accounted for continental drift. <laughs> So I was like, oh, okay, they just they, – they did something wrong with the dial and they went further back in time than they planned. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. Uh, about 2,000 years. Exactly. <laughs> so that was that was great. That made me laugh a lot. Yeah, that is, that is very funny. It's funny you should mention that too because about halfway through the movie I had to pee and – I was in the, I was in the middle of the row, so I was gonna have to like walk past a bunch of people, um, and there were probably like six people that I had to pass to get out, mm-hmm. and two of them were asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's amazing. They were, they were in recliners and had their legs up, and like their partner had to like elbow them, be like, hey, oh, like you gotta move hard. for this guy, so. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Uh, you weren't the only one. It's like, yeah, considering how much, I guess, technically action was happening, I just, I just, yeah, I kind of couldn't, couldn't believe it. I was just getting so tired and, 
I mean, I, I was I was a little sad at this, but pretty much from the moment the movie began, I was insanely bored. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, just nothing captivated me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, something about the other ones are captivating. Even Crystal Skull? Oh, I, you know what? I, I don't I don't want to be that guy who's like, that's not part of the canon. But <laughs> when I think of Indiana Jones, I do think of the original three. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just where my mind goes. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. Me too. Yeah. <sighs> well, there is... Uh, my sense with this movie was that they... Watched the original three, like mm-hmm. whoever is making this movie, James Mangold and whoever the mm-hmm. writers are. I think like maybe Lawrence Kasdan's son or something might have written okay. this. The guy who wrote the original Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. With Lucas. Um, <laughs> and it, it was like they watched those three and like made a list of all the tropes and images that people... Mm-hmm just kind of naturally associate with Indiana Jones and crammed them all into this mm. movie. So it was like Nazis and camels and <laughs> oh, yeah. it, Red trains, line. Yeah, trains, trains at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty silly. Yeah. I did yeah. like that. They brought Nazis back though. I know me too. That yeah. was, that was nice. And I, you know, I, I thought it was. I don't really know the. the I mean, I, again, I, I I read a little bit about it on Wikipedia after I saw it, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that try to get the plot together. Yeah, because yeah. I hadn't realized that 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 one Nazi, uh, Ma, uh, uh what's his name? What's his Mads, last name? Mads. Yeah, Mik- Mads yeah, Mik- yeah. Mickelson or whatever. Mickelson. <laughs> yeah, Mads. Yeah. He he wanted to go back in time to kill Hitler. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that until I read the Wikipedia page because I was asleep during that part. Ah, gotcha. Well, it's mm-hmm. all, you were probably asleep for about half of the movie. About, so. yeah. I'd yeah. say so. <laughs> okay. So, the, yeah. Maybe some little pieces in need of uh, reconstructing. Yeah. Like, I, I do think I probably saw the first 45 minutes and the last 30 minutes, I think, is what I saw. Okay. So... Do you remember what was happening when you started to fall asleep? It was when they went to that bar in in Morocco and uh, Wombat. I don't even know her. Remember her character name, but <laughs> Indy was calling her Wombat, the the daughter of the guy who <laughs> what whoever he was. Um, yeah, yeah. She was selling the Antikythera and Antikythera, Antikythera, yeah, yeah. Archimedes style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so you missed the whole. Uh, the whole boat and Tani- Antonio Banderas sequence. Oh yeah, I had I, when I when I looked on I looked it up on Google and it was like you know when you look on Google a movie it's like cast and like the fifth cast member was Antonio Banderas and I was like what <laughs> I had no idea he was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. that that whole part was okay. I mean, you know, you didn't miss much, you know. But it was it was very it was very reminiscent of uh, some Quint, some Jaws. <laughs> that man is my spirit animal. I, I when people Quint. talk about their spirit animal, yeah, mine is Quint. He, I, I just love that man's actual death wish. That I think about that sometimes and I laugh. <laughs> like not a theoretical death wish. Like maybe at some unconscious level, he like seeks nothingness like he very practically makes a plan to not not only die but like lead these other two men to their deaths as well yeah yeah <laughs> like one of whom has clearly has a family and it's like an important position in this town yeah. he destroys the radio uh-huh. you know just doesn't care it's so so funny i love that character so much <laughs> He is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now there's an old Irish man whose yeah. voice probably changed. You're right. He's, you're right. Yeah, great voice. I, I just love, I love that. The, my one of my favorite stories about Jaws, and I, I'm sure there are many, many stories about Jaws. But the famous scene when they're getting drunk and they're showing their old scar, you know, their their battle yeah. scars, basically with Dreyfus. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, what was that actor's name again? Robert Shaw. Yeah, Robert Shaw. Wait, 
Yeah, Robert Shaw, and then mm-hmm. Brody was uh, ah, I forget that guy's Roy Scheider. Oh, okay. I never yeah. actually knew his name. Ah, well, there you go. But uh, so Shaw basically told Spielberg, he's like, I have to, I actually have to get drunk during this scene because it's just not going to play if if I'm pretending to get drunk. He's like, as an actor, I'm telling you. Quint needs to actually be drunk during the scene. And so Spielberg was like, okay. And then Robert Shaw instantly proceeded to get so drunk they had to cancel filming for that day. <laughs> and so that is a great I, one. But but then apparently the next day they when they when it came time to film it again, he the, the what we see in the movie apparently was the first take. Right. So yeah, yeah. So when he tells the story of what, what is it, the USS Indianapolis mm-hmm. yeah. or something. Yeah. Do you know any lines from that story that you could you could quote? Uh, no, I actually don't. Okay. I just what I remember is after he sings farewell and adieu to you Spanish ladies, he has this little chuckle that makes me laugh. Uh-huh. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very like kind of He's just so funny. I love that yeah. guy. Yeah, when he's singing that song, I think in that scene in particular, he like has he's like looking up with a like slightly Kubrick kind of look. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like looking back and forth between the guys, just with a big old smile. Yeah. He's it's like, great. I'm, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> the shark's going to get you. Well, anyways, there was, a, there was a boat scene in the Dial of Destiny, and they have to go scuba diving. Mm-hmm. And it was very reminiscent immediately to me of Hooper going scuba diving in order to... Uh, what I, I can't even remember find the shark yeah. or something yeah, well, well, I forget what it was doing get some do, get some intel on the shark, mm-hmm. the um, shark. <laughs> I remember when Hooper finds the the dead dead guy in the in the boat oh yeah like the corpse just kind of like flops out in front of him and he freaks out drops the tooth yeah so like right <laughs> when this scene started happening in India I was like all right there's gonna be a skeleton in wherever they go and they alluded to um, to eels instead of snakes. You know, they're basically like snakes in the water. So <laughs> I think That's Indiana great. Jones even like says that he's like eels. They're just like snakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's that's hilarious. That is so funny. So yeah, it's like all right. There's gonna be a skeleton, and there's gonna be massive yeah. eels, and yeah. yeah, they got into this boat area. All of a sudden, there were like five skeletons, and then it cut not to the next scene, just to the next frame, and there was a massive eel <laughs> coming toward him. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, then he gets surrounded by a bunch of eels. He's... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, ends up getting pulled back into the boat, but not Uh before the Nazis find it and get there and kill Antonio Banderas. Oh, really? He died? He died. Yeah. Yeah. He got killed by, uh, I don't think it was Jurgen, the main Nazi Mm -hmm. Mads. I think it was one of his American cronies oh yeah 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 that did you see those guys i did yeah but i didn't i never got to understand what was happening <laughs> i don't th- i don't think it never made sense to me like in the, that that one lady was in the cia and yeah you know the one guy was just like kill hungry he was just like shooting the machine gun at the romans when they were finally like back in time like why are you killing all these romans the gun right yeah he just that guy What's, with the with know. the little mustache that kind of looked a little Hitler-esque. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he basically, his whole character was just loving guns and shooting them a lot. He just yes. didn't enjoy shooting people. Yeah, that was, yeah. didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And then there's the big guy who doesn't say a single line the entire movie as far as I'm aware. Really? Yeah. He might have said one line. But uh-huh. yeah, I don't. I don't think he has a line. He's just always there, and yeah, I'm not sure if that guy's actually that large or CGI enhanced. But he was a very large mountain of a man who I'm pretty sure Indy whips him, and he just doesn't even flinch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. When I saw that guy, he kind of reminded me of the big, the big Nazi 
in Raiders of the Lost Ark that gets oh, killed yeah. by the propeller. The guy with the old timey mustache who like you know puts his <laughs> fists out where like one is very far in front of the other. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, there movies like this, there always needs to be a bare knuckle brawl. Exactly. Yeah. A needs bare knuckle brawl, like old old school style. Exactly. Early nineteen hundreds or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that guy. I think was a direct copy of that guy. There, there might have been a scene in this where Indy actually fought another guy who reminded me even more of the guy he fights in Raiders of the mm. Lost Ark. There was okay. at least a plane in the background that looked exactly like that plane, you know, because mm-hmm. the the propeller in Raiders of the Lost Ark like slices that big guy to death. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really. It goes back to one of the first things you said when we started recording of like how it's like the writers watched the the original few. And it kind of reminds me of like if you play a video game, like I used to play Grand Theft Auto as a kid and a new Ooh. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I had to get it before you play that. That was rated M. <laughs> <laughs> I loved when people were like, you got to get the new Grand Theft Auto. They just they banned it in Australia. It's going to they're going to ban it here. Um <laughs> Which probably was a rumor started by Grand Theft Auto to get people to buy it quickly. Probably. Probably. Yeah. A very effective one. Yeah. <laughs> get kids to find a way to buy it. <laughs> but like every every new edition, I remember you would see like a car or something in the background that was like, oh, clearly they needed something to fill space. So they just copied the code from the previous game and inserted yeah. it. And there were a lot yeah. of moments in this movie I felt like that. Very much so. Very much you know, so. Nazis running around, motorcycles, and whatever else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the motorcycle chase. Romans. <laughs> Romans storming ancient Greece. <laughs> you know, I, there are a couple things I have to say in this movie where they really... There are three particular moments where, if you don't mind, maybe this will take a while. I'll try and, try and be concise with it. But okay. Where they really tried to bring in some emotion and it just uh, flopped for me. Okay. And they were uh, the first, and it was chronologically the first, when Indy was going, when Sala tells him, Sala somehow knows everything about what's happening in the world. And he's like, I know who she is. She's an, she's an antiquities dealer and she goes to, she, her fiance lives in Morocco and that's where she's going now. <laughs> like how the hell did you know any of that um, right. but Salah's like Indy I can come with you you know and Indy's like it's this like minute long scene where the, yeah, he's like the let airport. me come yeah and Indy's <laughs> like I gotta it's a it's not a journey anymore Salah I, I don't even remember the, the what he says but it made no yeah. sense and it was like it was basically saying you can't come with me. You can't come with me. <laughs> so it's like, come on, one yeah, more adventure more. like the old days. Yeah. And yeah. He's just I was like, like now. Nah. Yeah. I was like, why? Why not? Why not have an extra <laughs> pair of hands with you? Yeah. But they tried to make it like really emotional. Like, I don't know. I just didn't understand that. Yeah. Um, they could only get Jonathan Rice Davis for two days. So they're like, <laughs> well, I guess we can't write him into the plot. <laughs> You're right. You're right. He's he's too busy. He uh, he can't he can't yeah. film for anymore. He's going to Gimli Khan. <laughs> he's getting a bigger paycheck there than the four hundred million dollar budget of Indiana Jones Four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so far made about three hundred fifty million dollars. Not surprised. Just yeah. Um, the second one, and I'll be quick with this, is just at the end when M- Marion comes back oh yeah whatever this is sappy it's weird to see indiana jones living in a like a a hot 1970s new york city apartment and so all of that just felt a little strange to me but my favorite was when they finally go back in time and indy's like i'm gonna stay i'm gonna (laughs) stay here and wombat again i don't remember her name is like you have to come back he's like you don't understand he's i've I've studied this my whole life i have to stay like what (laughs) to stay in like 212 bc (laughs) yeah first of all uh first of all you've been shot (laughs) second of all 
Maybe you have studied this your whole life, but it's the first time we've heard it referenced as an audience. Uh, there are other things you've studied. Why, why is it because you have nothing to go back to? And again, it was like, it was like a minute long scene where he just was like starting to tear up. I can't, I just have to stay here. You don't understand. (laughs) This is my hope. Yeah. (laughs) Really? You want to stay? You want to stay here? Okay. Good. Cool, but yeah, you're you about might to get... be killed by a Roman in about five minutes. <laughs> yes, this Roman who, for no reason, has a vendetta against the people in the plane. That specific <laughs> Roman? Yeah, yeah. You know, I have, I had a theory about that. Oh. Tell me. Okay, so um, I don't know. You might have been. A, I think you were asleep during this part. There was kind mm-hmm. of a, a Goonies esque scene where they're <laughs> going through like a cave. Um, and like the bad guys are just kind of in hot pursuit of them as they're going toward, I think like Archimedes tomb or something to like, they just, you know, they have to like in the boat, they apparently have some tablet that has like the codes for the dial. That's why they need to get that. So they're like picking up these things. Mm -hmm. It felt very Langdon style. (laughs) Very, very Hank style. (laughs) Yeah. You got to go there and get this cryptograph that deciphers this other thing and then blah, blah, blah. But um, anyways, they go to Archimedes tomb and then the the short round replacement character. Did you see him? The boy? The boy. Yeah, Yeah, I did. Yeah. He was in the plane. He was flying the plane at one point. He was, yeah, with with some random guy who just, like, woke up in that plane because I guess it was his plane. And then he also went back in time <laughs> and was just gone from the movie. <laughs> I actually, after I looked it up on Google, I was like, oh, that must have been Antonio Banderas. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish it was, though, that... Like two thirds of the way through the movie, some guy just wakes up in the back of a plane, and it's Antonio Banderas in a probably the most inconsequential role of the entire film. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, um, you know they've really missed an opportunity for a Zorro uh, kind of shared universe with. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> with right, Indiana Jones. You know they could have wow. done the post-credit sequence where Antonio Banderas is not dead, and he like. Picks up a hat and is like, hmm. <laughs> puts it on. <laughs> but um, you're right. Sorry, this is this, uh, this is a long-winded way for me to get to my point. The point right. is that uh, the big guy, the big guy who's uh, one of Jurgen's two assassins or like two bodyguards. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He somehow ends up in a scuffle with this little <laughs> little short round character uh, uh-huh. Teddy, who. By the way, I think when uh, Wombat explains how she got connected with Teddy, it's the exact same backstory as how Indiana Jones gets connected with Short Round. Like, he tried to pickpocket her, and they became, like, friends. And then she became, like, his legal guardian, basically. And And now um, we go around Beijing killing people. I have this little boy who maybe he has a family somewhere, but I carry him around and he watches right. me kill many people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Steals from people, like, yeah, travels through interdimensional wormholes. But the, the point I'm making is that Teddy gets in a scuffle with the big guy. Mm-hmm. Somehow Teddy gets away and the big guy gets handcuffed underwater to like a grate mm-hmm. and like then we just kind of leave so it seems like he's probably dead but we don't see him die mm-hmm. and i was like man there's no way that guy died like he's just gonna appear with like a handcuffed grate to his arm because mm-hmm. he's so strong but it, by all appearances he was dead until they travel back to the roman era and there's this one roman soldier who appears very angry and has a vendetta and I am almost sure that it is the big guy in Roman attire and that it's like was the same actor. And I think it was implying that it was like his Roman ancestor or something from like a past life who is still carrying on this guy's like 
mission from 2,000 years in the future to, like, kill Andy <laughs> and Jones. And then he just, like, breaks Whoa. away from the battle and is only trying to kill them. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, and I, I'm pretty sure I, it wasn't just, like, tripping. Like, I I saw this Roman's face. I was like, that's the big guy. Like, that's him. He's back. Wow. What a complicated story. What <laughs> What what an amazing thing! Actor who's yeah two thousand years in the past. I love I love the concept of someone carrying on a vendetta from the future. (laughs) Totally. Somehow his future self's death like impacts his past life. Like his, he's just been reincarnating as this guy for apparently thirty or more generations. I would have loved so much to have been um to been a fly on the wall when that decision was made or when that when that concept mm-hmm. was discussed. <laughs> I just think that would have been so amazing. Yeah. And you know, I've said this sort of thing before. The thing about action movies is they are only like 1 degree away from being outrageously funny comedies. Um uh-huh. but the the problem is an action movie either has to be an action movie or hilarious. When I feel like when an action movie tries too hard to be a little tongue in cheek, it gets really close to being a comedy without fully committing. Uh, the totally. Fast and Furious series, they have fully committed. In my mind, those are now comedies. Same with something like Sharknado. I mean, but that probably began as a comedy. But yeah. Fast and Furious, good for them. They've decided these are comedies and the only like vestige of action movie are just like some of the lines that are so tropey now that they're hilarious. Like you know, they're now writing in, you know, these like these moments to be funny. And Vin Diesel's obsession with family is now like a, a, a meme that's self-referential. And so fast and furious has allowed themselves to be funny, but Indiana Jones could have done that. They could have just said, well, fuck it. You know, no one's going to watch this movie. Literally some of our <laughs> fan base who love the original movies are now dead. You know, I yeah. mean, imagine being 20 and when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, like you'd be almost 70 now, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. Like, true. You'd be dead, you know, like, maybe 60, maybe you'd be 60 years. You'd be dead or your voice will have changed significantly. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're wearing dentures if you're Irish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go, let's get them, Indiana. Let's, let's get those bad guys. <laughs> Bad guys. I love, I love, those bad guys yeah <laughs> I, I, lo- I love that in your like formulation of how that could have gone these disney execs are like fuck it no one's gonna see this movie anyways <laughs> like, they're, they're spending 400 million dollars to make this movie that they just know no one will see <laughs> you're right <laughs> I'm just assuming that they 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 took that in the calculations. All right, yeah. we already know no one's going to see it. Now, how funny do we go? And someone's like, "We have to keep it kind of serious." And it's like, "Okay, yeah. fine." You know, gotta please the fans, you know, yeah. that are still left. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. It's, but you know, Star Wars was it, that came out even before Indiana Jones, and Star Wars is still going strong. So it's like, I mean, they had the prequels that like reached a new generation and stuff. But true. Yeah, it's 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 like that. Those tropes and archetypes are translating through the new generations, and Indiana Jones perhaps is not. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Which point. is a little sad with the originals, because you know they're classics. Oh, they were so fun, just so good. Temple uh, of Doom. Temple of Doom. Yeah, there was yeah. a Temple of Doom reference in this, like an explicit one. I don't know if you were awake during that. <laughs> was was someone eating live tiny baby snakes? <laughs> I'm afraid not. Monkey not brains. Eyeball soup. I don't think he actually says that, but I think there is eyeball soup. There is eyeball soup, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Kate Capshaw's like, oh, finally something I can eat. And then there's like oh, an yeah. eyeball's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the reference? Well, two just came to mind. One was when they're like walking through a random cave and all of a sudden they have bugs all over them. Like, which happened in Temple of Doom when they're like all the bugs end up on Kate Capshaw. Yes, and that's she, right. Yeah, 
which was total fan service because like nothing happens. It's not like they have to do anything with that. They're just like, oh no, these bugs are on us. <laughs> and like kind of brush them off. And then they're just like in the next room. Um, but Indy makes a reference to drink and drink. <laughs> that's so that's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't even figure out how to make the reference relevant. They just made the reference and moved on. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think Indy uh Indy referenced in one scene like drinking the blood of Kali. Mm, mm. Yeah. He was like talking about all the all the stuff he's seen to someone. Uh, I was like, uh, have you ever have you ever drank the blood of Kali and <laughs> you know what I've seen? <laughs> have you ever been a fifteen year old boy in Utah and one in the room and your father makes you count to ten in Greek? <laughs> is that, that the opening scene in Last Crusade? It is, yeah, yeah. With River Phoenix? Exactly, yeah. Which uh, yeah, that has that opening scene is all about running on trains. <laughs> so, but it's but it that that one grips you, right? That one like, does grip you. It's so good, and that it's the backstory. It's where Indy gets his fedora. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. then they have this like fifteen minute opening scene in this where he's running on trains, and it didn't grip you. No, so, like, it didn't. What do you what do you think is yeah. the missing uh, the missing piece? The missing MacGuffin. That's a good one. I, I I mean, some of it I just have to say, and I'm not I'm not one of these, I'm not a full blown anti CGI guy. But like in in the yeah. beginning of temp, of um, I always forget them. There's always always one Indiana Jones whose name I can't remember. Last Crusade. Uh, Last Crusade. In Last Crusade, it's it's a real train and it's daylight, so you can see everything. Um, <laughs> and so it was just gripping. It was fun. It was well paced. This one is just like. We're running on a train and we got Toby Jones. I don't remember his name. The, you know, the little, the Marcus Brody fill in and, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're being chased by these Nazis and blah, blah, blah. It's so dark. And then, and then how, how are we going to survive? How are we going to get out of this? We're going to jump off like a 200 foot bridge into a small river and not die. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We got to jump, jump. It's like, oh, okay. Nice job building tension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, just it's it's the thing where I, I I do think, and I'm not trying to get overly philosophical about this, right? But it's the classic when you meet someone who tries to be someone else. It's like you can feel that you can feel that, and and it makes hmm. you like feel their inauthenticity. When yeah. a, when a movie is trying too hard to make you like it, uh, then you uh. like feel it's almost like a pandering thing, maybe in some ways. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. And so, like, let's I feel, get I you know. Feel, I feel that it seems like mostly from Disney movies, like Same. not not you know like the classic Disney movies, like modern uh-huh. movies that Disney produces, which is like everything own, once owned under Lucasfilm, Twentieth mm-hmm. Century Fox, like yeah, that's right. Marvel. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And like, I haven't seen much of Disney's original stuff, but they're like original movies as far as I know, don't seem to do that because they have the freedom to like, let's just create a story. But it's the ones where they're trying to like keep the, that audience that's now like aging into their middle age years. That Those are the ones where they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're just like, they're doing these things that are like, all right, show me something new. I, I liked yeah. it because of that stuff. Now add to it. Don't just do the same stuff. Yeah. Although on the flip side, it seems that Spielberg went that direction with the fourth one and adding Shia LaBeouf swinging around on vines with monkeys, I think, was not a great plan. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's that's a good point. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so there's opposite extremes. It's true. You got to find that golden mean. That golden mean. Aristotle, eh? Yeah. You is know. That, is, Aristotle, yeah. It is, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe there was a reference to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at the beginning in that MacGuffin when Indy is captured as a spy and they're going to hang him and perfect timing. The building is destroyed and Indy from maybe multiple minutes is actually hanging by his neck. Mm. And not only does he not die, he sh- appa- apparently shows no sign of strain at all. 
And when the building is bombed, his body is swinging around, being held only by the rope attached to his neck. And I don't know much about physiology, but I don't think it takes that much to break a neck. And yeah. that I, I was laughing. I was laughing very hard at that. It's just to see Indy's body <laughs> with a de-aged face just swinging around. Uh-huh. And just nothing. <laughs> He's like, ah, dang it. Oh, no, the gargoyle is going to fall and it's going to drag me down. And, you know, <laughs> like, what? All right, come on. So the reference in that to Crystal Skull, does that have to do with the uh, uh, him being in a refrigerator when the nuclear bomb goes off? <laughs> I, I was thinking more LaBeouf swinging on the vines. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> we need a swinging scene. Get us a swinging scene. But we can't have LaBeouf back. He's done. Yeah, he's he's dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They killed off his character. He died yeah. in Vietnam. <laughs> I was, I was like, honestly, I have to admit, I was a little sad when they explained that. Not because I was sad for the character, but because I was really hoping they would never reference him and <laughs> they would just never say anything about him. Um, Me too. Th- that Me was too. my sincere hope. Yeah. Yeah, that they just. <laughs> completely wrote him out correct like yeah not not even write him out just erased him (laughs) (laughs) exactly that would have been great that would have been good yeah Mm. well one thing i one thing i will say that i liked about it um is uh the the main nazi guy jurgen i felt i felt very quickly that i knew who he was referencing the real life figure and looked it up after and confirmed that it was accurate. Really? Yeah. Have you heard of uh, Werner von Braun? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he was a uh, Nazi right. scientist who, after World War II, got basically uh, – Got a got a deal where he could not get punished if he came over to the U.S. and uh, kind of headed our rockets program and was like instrumental in getting us to the moon. Yeah. And so when this character, this Jurgen guy, all of a sudden is working for the CIA and like apparently got <laughs> the U.S. to the moon because that's like <clears throat> what happens in the flashbacks or in the the present scene. It's like that's oh, right. That's old, that's old Von Braun right there. Yeah. Yeah, but Jill- then they took what was that? Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Do you know the reference? Wait, wait. I feel like I should. Dern. Is that reference? Dern. <laughs> Dern and Gyllenhaal. Cooper. <laughs> oh man, you're uh, you're stumping me with this one. October Sky. Ah. Did October you ever see sky. it? Yeah, Homer Hickam. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he's this this West Virginia boy from a poor coal mining community. Laura Dern right. is his teacher. Uh, Chris Cooper is his dad. I think Chris Cooper. And, um, and he's basically like the dad from American Beauty, just yes. like overbearing and harsh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but in at the end of that movie, uh, Homer Hicks uh, enters like this, like science competition and he wins i think and he very briefly meets Werner von braun really yeah very quickly i don't even think they show his face they're like he's like congratulations congratulations son and like a german accent and everyone's like do you know who that was he's like no and he's like that's Werner von braun he just congratulated you and it's a moment in that movie where it's like Wow, you really made it. Like, that guy's a hero. Yes, because he, he idolized him. <laughs> but, you know, in those days, you maybe didn't know what someone looked like because we didn't have the internet. But, yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. If, I guess, yeah. I, at that time, I don't know if anyone knew he was a Nazi. Oh, good point. It was, it was like, kind of kind of hidden. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of kind of came out later. If, mm. if you want to look it up or... Uh, listener if you do you can just google operation paperclip and you'll Ooh. find uh you'll find the rabbit hole yeah you know i i always have heard that like as it was clear that the nazis were going to lose like the u.s and the soviet union were basically on like they were like trying to compete like who could get the best nazi scientists <laughs> <laughs> i love that the u.s and the soviet union like their competition reached a level where like 
it seemed like at a certain point people stopped asking like hey is this really worth like putting our resources into like they're just like we gotta win (laughs) just like whatever it was that they were like getting threatened in supremacy and they're just like all right we need a new department for that we gotta beat them (laughs) you're right (laughs) i mean i love that i love that line in dr strange love when when the uh, russian ambassador he's like it got too expensive for us he's like you know know, the arms race the space race the peace race all the while our people begged for washing machines and nylons he's like and then he explains that the doomsday machine costs like nothing compared to all that huh and then and then george c scott wrestles him to the ground and that's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, that Russian ambassador character is so hilarious and made so much funnier by the fact that, like, from the second he walks in, George C. Scott just, like, hates him. Like, absolutely loathes him just for being Russian and is just, like, completely convinced he's a spy, which I believe he actually is. Like, it turns out, like, he, he like, walks to the side and is, like... Communicating with the Russian yeah. president or yeah. something. He has this like this this watch that takes pictures or something like that. Because yeah. <laughs> George C. Scott, he's like, do you have any idea how much of a breach of national security is? He's like, he's like packing up his folders. He's like, he'll my one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. He goes, he'll he'll see everything. He'll he'll see the big board. <laughs> he'll see the big board. <laughs> the big board. Yeah. They never call it anything but that in that movie. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if anyone refers to it other than George C. Scott, but he refers to it like four times. And each time he does, it's like this face of kind of like, I don't know, almost like childish, like longing. It's like the big board. Yeah, it's like he, he loves says it. it that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Big board. I loved, yeah, George C. Scott, when I, when I watched that movie most recently, like, it's clear that he's he's playing like essentially like a six-year-old child in like the body and position of like a high-ranking general you're right you're right <laughs> he like gets in trouble at one point and like even kind of like sinks in his chair like hangs his head and like yeah. he's like looking up like you know if if, if he's like yeah. in, in deep doo-doo chewing his gum at one point when the russian ambassador is talking about the doomsday machine he, he goes to this guy he goes boy i wish we had one of them doomsday machines <laughs> He, like, ribs another guy that he's next to. He's like, God, I wish we had one of them. Yeah, another another George C. Scott moment that I love so much in that movie is, like, he's so articulate. Every he, he says everything he wants to say, and he's very convincing. And there's one point where he goes, Mr. President, you know, I'd like to make a point or two, if I may. And a point or two is what he says. But then he goes on this, like, intricate, very well thought out five-point plan. That's right. Where yeah, he's like, it just like keeps developing as he's talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like each one is a premise, and he like introduces it like with number two, exactly three, and then like he says four, and then he kind of like nods and gives some yeah. some side eye, and he's like number five. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, that's it's the piece he's getting to. to. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, maybe we should. Uh, <sighs> You know, when next time we do an episode in about a year or so, yeah. we should uh, we should do some do some strange love because oh that movie God. is so funny. Like it's it's just remarkably funny. It is so so funny, and it, it it's yeah. in that category of movie for me that many Coen brothers are as well. Coen brother films where it's like, first of all, every time it gets funnier, and yes. but every time it also gets for me more elusive why it's funny. Um, like every time I watch Fargo, every scene Jerry Lundegaard is in, I am laughing hysterically and I can't explain why, <laughs> that's, because that's most scenes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The first time I saw Fargo, I was shocked. I was like, I, this was for me built as a comedy. Um, and you know, here I just saw a cop get shot, shot in the head, like yeah. point blank in this Steve Buscemi with half his face missing in the <laughs> Yeah. Get shoved into a, a little grinder. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't, this is like one of those really, really dark comedies, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. But then, then it gets funnier and funnier. And of course, Lebowski's that for me as well, which I think is totally more obviously a, a comedy. But if you're seeing it for the first time, it's not necessarily funny that Walter is just this like really verbose, fucked up guy, you know? Yeah. But then it's hilarious. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's like those, those remarkable movies. They're just like, on a different level than anyone can be on a first viewing. And it's, like, good enough to where you like the movie, but those layers just kind of, like, come out as <laughs> as it goes. And, yeah, there's something about Jerry Lundergaard, like, <laughs> just his style yeah. of speech and, like, how he's always kind of smiling. And, like, it's just, like, every scene he's, like, more <laughs> in a corner than the scene before. <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah, you betcha. Like, trying to get his way out, and it's just not going well. <laughs> it's just like, it's such a, it's so, it's such a train wreck. He, yeah. He, and, and then as you the, watch the movie more and you pick up the details, you realize that, like, he clearly owes hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he's trying multiple ways to get that money. Without thinking about how he's going to pay any of it back from the people he's getting it from. I mean, you know, because he, he has he has those guys kidnap his wife. But he's also trying to get – trying to borrow money from his father-in-law that he's pretending he's going to use to buy a car lot. And he's also <laughs> – he's also creating fake cars at his dealership so that he can get, like, financing from the car dealership or the car company. It's like – well, what were you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I already got the money. <laughs> I got the money, yeah, Wade. Yeah, but you got to pay it back. Like, what What was your plan? Yeah. Just, Finder's oh. fee? What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Finder's fee. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, my God. That movie is just, wow. Yeah. It is, uh, it is profound. It is profound. It's... It's so it's funny and it's hard to watch and it's so yeah. dreary and dismal. The whole movie's dreary and dismal. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but man. in a more enjoyable way than uh, Dial of Destiny for you. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just nothing, nothing about this movie. Nothing, nothing got me. I mean, you know, they had the funny moments. For me, a very funny moment was when they do finally land back in time, and <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, they're like. Of course now, you know, and I fully would have expected that Indiana Jones could read ancient Greek. Um, but, you know, they, people, when they learn ancient Greek, don't really learn how to speak it. And yet he and Wombat are fluent in ancient Greek. Um, and so they're speaking to Archimedes and they're like, you, you made this for us so that we would come here. And then Archimedes says something like... <laughs> Your voice just kind of turned into Leia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like this for us, Han? <laughs> you always wanted to come back here, Han. <laughs> Our son. Um, but yeah, Archimedes says something like, you always you always came back, or you were always supposed yeah, to... Yeah, you were always meant uh, to come back or something, yeah. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts because you took that class on time travel, right? Oh, long, long ago. Long yeah, ago. I took a, long, long ago, back in my youth, mm-hmm. I took a, a metaphysics class where there was a, like a couple week, maybe one week mm. focus on time travel. <laughs> I thought the whole class yeah. was time travel. <laughs> no, it came back around to it a few times because this professor loved talking about time travel. Mm. Okay. But um, yeah, I only remember one piece of that lesson ah okay yeah which was that uh back to the future is not a consistent time travel narrative neither is terminator Mm. but bill and ted's excellent adventure is wow (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah that's what this guy said but he could have just been a stoner and you know kind of like found ways to support what he wanted to believe yeah yeah meanwhile you like you went to go see him during office hours and he had like a Poster of Keanu Reeves up in his his office that he was kissing, <laughs> gently kissing. Yeah, yeah, a life size cardboard cutout. <laughs> um, is this the same professor who introduced you to William James? It is not. Oh, it is okay. not. No, 
that professor uh, who introduced me to William James is dead. Had a very. <laughs> it's, I actually looked him up recently, wondering if he was dead, and uh, it seems he's still alive. Oh, good, unless they good. just like haven't updated the website. Um, <laughs> They're gonna update it in two years. It's like he died four yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why he's not returning your emails. Um, yeah, that guy, William James guy, had a huge beard and was probably seemed insane. Mm. Like. He was much more insane than this other guy. Like, he would just mm. pace back and forth in front of the class and lecture for the whole time and not make eye contact, not engage the students, except he'd get worked up. And then all of a sudden he'd turn to the, cr- the class and just start screaming something mm. like <laughs> yeah, he was talking about a death wish at one point or mm. something. And, and he like mentioned war and he like turned to the class was like all oh, these people have their machine guns <laughs> like starts like mimicking shooting like like a madman and then just kind of went back to pacing with his hands behind his back wow he was yeah. he was amazing he was an amazing guy oh cool yeah taught me a lot it's kind of amazing when you finally do go to college and you you do really kind of learn that like a lot or all of the stereotypes and tropes about college professors are absolutely true. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like, mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's just one last thing that I'd like to say about this movie before we uh, round this one out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's my biggest gripe with the movie. Ooh. Now my experience is pretty different than yours. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was it was silly and ridiculous, but um I think my expectations were so low that I just enjoyed the uh the throwbacks that they did and just the ride. Yeah, I think but, I think for me I the, my attitude of seeing it at 9:40 and and not having much of an expectation yeah. and then falling asleep. I was just pretty like, late. For me it was just it was like I watched a movie at home, you know, and I just uh and that was it was relaxing, but you know, that was yeah. that. But yeah, sorry, uh-huh. sorry to interrupt. Your gripe yeah, it was um I was very excited for Mad's face to melt. Like that his face was either gonna melt or his head would explode and mm. like this gun toting CIA guy that was his minion would die just like an excruciating, horrifying death at the hands of this time travel thing. And instead, this plane crashes after they go back into the Roman era and th- yeah, the Syracuse raid or whatever that was. And it shows Mads dead on the ground and his face is completely burned. But we didn't get to see his face burn. <laughs> and I was I was I was pretty pissed. It's like, why would you do that? Mm. Like you've clearly burned this guy's face. You've lit it on fire and he's now dead. But you didn't let us see his face melt. <laughs> Why would you take that out? That's like the most important Indiana Jones throwback you can get. Like you're right, either a melting face or just like uh, seeing someone get lowered into lava. Yeah, you're right. I mean, even even Donovan in, in Crusade. I mean, his face doesn't melt, but he ages so ages. quickly. That could have right. been, you know, they could have played with that. Like he ages yeah. back to the present day instantly. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, or even the main main bad Nazi from Last Crusade. I mean, we see him go down in the the tank, and we get a, a good glimpse of him right before he dies. And you're right. There's there was nothing, not, nothing of that 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 violent justice. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that must have been Disney's fault. That's too bad. I mean, you know, the the bad guy in Doom. I mean, he, we saw him eaten by crocodiles. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That yep. would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A lot of good deaths in Doom. But, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But hey, if you if you betray Shiva, you got to go down. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, any any <sighs> concluding thoughts on uh, on Jones 5, the last the last one? Is it the last one? Yeah. I think uh, I think Disney has officially said. It will be the last. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't sure if, you least, know, yeah. they could always be setting up a wombat to take the 
thing. You right. Know? Yeah. I think that the last one with uh, Ford at the very least. Okay. Okay. So maybe there's, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see an Indiana Jones, Jurassic World Dominion crossover. Just what, what the fuck? Why not? You know? Yeah. Like you said, bring Toss in Zorro. Star Wars. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We need a curveball like the mask of Zorro. <laughs> yeah. And still my, my, my greatest hope of all time, and this is unrelated to these movies, but I've shared this before several times is my greatest hope of all time is that there's a Fast and Furious movie in which they go back in time and <laughs> and the final scene of the movie is the the shocking realization that they are met by uh Will Smith and Kevin Klein as as Jim West and and the other guy <laughs> and they merge the franchises of Fast and Furious and Wild Wild West and that's my <laughs> that is my biggest hope of all time is there is there any like reason why those two f- franchises in particular would merge well or it's just like a gut feeling i think i think it was it started with one day i was ribbing uh riffing on the idea of fast and furious going back in time and being a steampunk movie oh okay i would love to see yeah fast and furious steampunk jumping on a steampunk balloon and you know having dom toretto still having like the fastest car that like 1890 could have possibly had like basically league of extraordinary (laughs) gentlemen (laughs) meets fast and furious all of a sudden they're met by jim west at the end and they have to fight a mechanical spider you know yeah totally Mm -hmm. in venice yeah yeah. (laughs) and kenneth branagh is still the bad guy <laughs> is he the bad guy in Wild Wild West or yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Wild Wild West. Okay, gotcha. He has a coal. <laughs> he has a coal-powered wheelchair. <laughs> it's just so funny. They could really do, like make good use out of that as being like faster than Vin Diesel's like <laughs> old automobile. You're right. You're right. <laughs> like we we thought Nas was fast. <laughs> doing this for paul walker <laughs> oh it'd be so great i'd love that so much yep. well i loved uh i loved your uh when you accidentally said that you were ribbing about that before riffing yeah. i like the idea of like you watching a movie with i don't know your pal and like ribbing yeah, him and yeah, being yeah, like hey yeah. <laughs> you know it would be great <laughs> But yeah, what's, uh, there's a chance, you know, that Will Smith's career has just gone to such a low level mm-hmm. after his face slap that yeah. he might do it. He might do something like that. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about all I got to say. Same. Me too, Forrest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, listener. I uh, We wish you the best, and we... <laughs> Hope you learned a thing or two about yeah. Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And time travel. We'll, uh, the time travel. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to uh, whatever the next time may be mm-hmm. when we get to sit around the snob and fires. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Avard. <laughs> really well. Bye-bye. Oh.